I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter on Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, or Highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop with Knowledge. And welcome to Digging the Digits. We just have one thing that we have to say, and we're gonna say we it. Begin we're gonna say it with our fucking chest. <laughs> Charlie, take us away, please. <laughs> Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. I like white people, but I don't like you. <laughs> Well, I mean, he got Macklemore and Jeezy on, on FDT too, so that's obviously proof he loves white people. But yeah, Donald no, you, Trump you, you <laughs> took it serious. Fucking Donald Trump, man! What a day, bro! What a day yesterday was. Like genuinely good day. Like I just felt good. Like you know, I was just like, oh, this is over. This this fucking idiot is gone. Like oh my god, man! It was just I went. My sister had her thirtieth birthday. We went out to lunch. It was just shut up. It was a nice affair, you know. It was a nice day, just making memes, making jokes, you know. This is glorious. It was just glorious. We were just bathing in the tears of the Republicans, <laughs> and it was sweet. It wasn't salty. It was sweet. Yeah, yeah, tastes good. Tastes good. I literally, um, I literally uh, 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 viewed his uh, his account. Uh, since he since he won like four years ago, because I, I it's just it's it's not even consequential anymore. Like it's not even stuff that I I don't care. You know what I mean? Obviously, I didn't care. I'm not American. I don't care what he talks when he talks about building the wall or anything that that kind of garbage. But this shit, ah, uh, this shit, ah, uh, nah, nah. I'm 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 unmuting this shit. This is fun. This Straight is amazing. Just you. watching him have a fucking meltdown on yeah. a daily basis now. It's fucking glorious. Nah, it's, it's great. Oh, love it, love it. All right. Boris next. Uh, hi, Ben. How's your week been? What have you been listening to this week? I just want to say rest in peace to King Von before we start. Like, 26, yes, I think he was. Um, just dropped his album that uh, it looks like it's going to go, I think, number 14. Uh, it's going to do about 25k uh, first week. So rest in peace to King Von. Uh, another young rapper lost his life and it was just very sad again mm. to see that. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say than that. It's just a sad situation. Uh, so yeah, um, we'll get into, sorry to start the, the podcast on a bad note, but I, you know, that's what we're, that's the reality of things at the moment. Get into what I listened to this week. Uh, so up top, I'm going to go from best to worst. Back, I'm, I'm going to go back to that that format. I like that format. Start with uh, Abracadabra, Spin This Coop. I know it's only a two-pack. It's only two songs. So, But I'm calling it an EP because everyone just fucks around with everything nowadays. Who knows what an EP is, what an album is. I'm just going to call it an EP. I know it's going to kill Charlie, but I'm just going to say it. So, <laughs> Did somebody call it an album? I'm sure it could be. I'm, I'm sure if the label decided it was an album, then it would be considered. There's three songs because the third song is instrumental. So, it's, you know, it's like a maxi single from the old days. Nowadays, it's, a, it's an EP. But an EP could also be 41 minutes. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'd, I'd never heard of Abracadabra. I'd never heard his music, sorry, prior to this. 
but uh, I asked my followers who the best UK MC was, and he actually got a bunch of votes. And I didn't know, I'm like, what? And then I tapped in. This is really great. Like genuinely, I feel sometimes that drill has this reputation that precedes it. Like the music's going to be so high octane, but it can be really hard for the actual music to live up to it. Because I think we get cherry picked these songs, like, you know, whatever. And then we listen to it like, whoa, that's hard. And then we listen to the whole album or like another song. And we're like, actually, it's not that hard. This EP definitely lives up to that high octane reputation that precedes it like uh, this is a great if you want to listen to some seriously good uk drill abracadabra spin this coupe then we get into dutch valley dutch from the fifth which is also uk drill i love this album i think front to back the energy is insane the lyrics the lyrics oscillate the beats the beats rarely deviate right and i think uh, that's actually to the benefit of the project. It's 16 songs, but it's only 41 minutes. And I think that's right on the edge of how long you can palette an album that pretty much sounds the same all the way through. It's also probably close to the amount of time you could conceivably smash yourself in a gym, which this album is perfect for. Genuinely, 41 minutes, get in there, smash yourself, get out. Uh, and this is what I really love on a Drew album. High energy, vivid storytelling, and there's no attempt to scale it back or change it up or do a bit of singing. Like it's, it's he just fully goes for it, and I really love that. Uh, then we get Black Poet, Cultural Revolution. One of my followers put me onto this, um, and the album's really good. Serious Truth, who I assume is the producer because they're referenced on every track. The production on here is what stood out to me at first. Uh, the song Man on a Mission, like. What it has is this, this uh, contrast between these triumphant quality that these beats have and the bars that are like really gritty and delivered with aggression. And it's it's almost like beats that could be like on a Wiz, Khalifa or even XV album. But then it sounds like Exhibit's rapping over it. it I don't know. It's a great contrast and it, it's a really solid project. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, Brie Runway, 2000 and Forever. So... Charlie actually said to me that there's a huge Missy Elliott resemblance and I wasn't, I guess, I mean, I, I knew that it was there when I listened to ATM, but when I re-listened to the album a couple of times with that in mind, it's like, it certainly does feel like she has a lot of that quality. She feels a little bit grittier than Missy. Like, uh, like say if Missy crossed with early career Kesha or like Azealia Banks around fantasy time before, you know, the Twitter stuff. So, I mean, this album is like Electro Crash. It's 21 minutes. It's a short sprint. The longest song is 3 minutes and 8 seconds, which is the Missy track, ATM, which is easily the best track on here. Uh, she gets Young Baby Tate and Rico Nasty on other songs. It's a it's a debut album, I think. Uh, 21 minutes? Yeah, I don't know about album, but it's actually, mm. it's, it's really full of surprises. Like, Rolls Royce really stuck out to me because it's a slow burn song that has like this reggae rhythm but then gucci is like a genuine hip-hop trap beat but then the next track is like a just a straight r&b song you know when when artists do their debut album and they just try and throw everything that they have onto an album like and a lot of the time it sounds like a total mishmash and doesn't sound good it actually sounds good on this album so i got to give it up to brie runway for that because i had never heard of her before this week and i'm going to be tapped in uh to future projects then we get into the ones I didn't like. There are three here. Uh, the last one is, yeah, actually four here, sorry. Uh, so Ariana Grande, Positions. 
I just I found it pretty dull. There wasn't much in the way of exciting or interesting melodies and the lyrical content was decent, but it didn't really stand out. I've struggled with this. I've tried to listen to it three times and I keep just not enjoying it. So it's about five out of 10. Then Now or Never by Giggs. Uh, Giggs is like if you took Drill and Grime and then gave it like, I don't know, 100 milligrams of Valium and then hit it over the head with a hammer a few times. It's just really sleepy. It's slow. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't see the appeal of gigs. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never really liked gigs that much. And this one was didn't didn't change that opinion. But it's not as bad as Nav and Wheezy's Emergency Tsunami. Now, in the, yes. honor, in the honor of the legend Nav, I shall read this review in his rap style. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this because it's very hard to imitate <laughs> Nav. <laughs> Very unique rapper. Let me try it. Nav as a rapper has absolutely no redeeming quality. He raps as though someone plugged him in and turned him on. And I fear that he does get to the age where his awareness dips. He may get stuck in an endless cycle of robotic bars. So that whatever group home he's committed to will be treated to a constant stream of. Shout out my section. My diamonds electric. They stare when I'm walking inside of the building. Told her come over and I barely know her and I bent her over and gave her the business. Fresh off the lot, I just got me some options. I'm sliding, new coupe or the four door. I hit the gas and I'm gone just like Wheezy. I'm out of here. All my cars got a turbo. Just on an endless loop would be enough to send anyone into fits of violence. It's also not fair that some of the beats on here sound genuinely inventive and unique. The opener friends and family has this incredible creeping quality like a halting flow. It reminds me of a track of Quality Control 2 with Juke Juice and Tay Keith. Grab a. His flow is fucking insane. But on this track, Nav plows ahead like a truffle pig in the snow. Endlessly and fruitlessly searching for a flow that doesn't sound like it was set in concrete and then encased in dry ice. This is a rough listen. It is basically unlistenable and I have no idea what could possibly be the appeal outside of knee... Outside... Oh, you're so close. I got so <laughs> close. I almost did it. Uh, See, I ca- I'm not as good as Nav. Nav could have done that in one take. I couldn't get all the way through. Lucky like home. That's trash, man. Anyway. Fuck Was me. that it? Nothing else? I've just, okay. I mean, I lost the will to live halfway through there. What do you want me to do? Okay. I'm, I'm okay, okay. I thought, you, I thought you wanted to finish. Okay. No, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a good album. I, I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah. That was, that was me. What about you? Uh, good, good, great performance. Great try. Great try. Uh, 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 that was good. Um, all right. So start off with, uh, Shingai, uh, Too Bold. If you don't know who Shingai is, um, she was the, uh, lead vocalist and bassist for the group Noisettes from back in the day. Uh, I and it was so freaky because it was the, the Noisettes have this one song. Um, it's literally the like most popular song next to uh, "Go Baby Go," um, "Never Forget You." And like I haven't heard that song in maybe probably ten years, right? Since since 2010, 2011, right? It's been a minute because it dropped in two thousand nine. But like I, I I just went back to hit, listen to it, obviously you know as part of I guess halfway listening to this album I was just like oh yeah Noisettes was fine you know and then bro that song is such a fucking earworm I've had that song in my head for a time ever since I listened to this album and then went back to listen to that song I was like 
God, that, that song is so nice. I love that song. It's so chirpy. It's so... Uh, 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 I don't know, it's great. But anyway, it's not about the noise this, it's about her album, Too Bold. So she comes through, it's a solo pro- solo project, most obviously, mostly. Um, and um, her voice is just so nice on here. Like, it's it's silk. It's silky. Like, she, she, goes, she goes everywhere with it. She has this... Um, uh, she she does this thing and has this like you know London inflection that I feel like uh, most singers um, or most vocalists try not to you know try and have that singing voice and then like you know eliminate their speaking voice so to speak. So you hear someone sing and then you hear someone talk and you're like, oh rah, that's how they talk. Like James Blunt is the ex- most extreme example. Like when you hear James Blunt and like and then you hear him talk, it's just like night and day, right? It's it's, it's like that, but. Shinga does this thing where, like, she has the singing voice, but she adds, like, Londonisms to it, and just, you know, just, like, a British tinge to it sometimes, and it's just so, it's it's very refreshing, it's very refreshing to listen to, and the production itself is, um, just real nice, um, there's some, there's some, there's some great beats on here, there's, like, a, War Drums has this, um, kind of clubby quality, like, a, I guess, a, I think, I guess, like, a house music kind of quality to it, um, there are some uh, African themes uh, t- throughout. Uh, South London Safari is a big one. Uh, tisi- I- I'm-, I'm probably butchering this. <laughs> it's either CC or Tissi Tissi. I'm not. I'm- maybe neither. Don't know. Taking a complete <laughs> shot in the dark. Uh, but yeah, that one's a- that one's fire. The whole album's just nice, and the outro is great as well. And uh, yeah, I, I I just love this album and uh, shout out to shout out to homegirl Sheila. Um, I think uh, they did some work together. Um, so uh, I know she doesn't listen to this, but um, but hopefully if uh, Shinga listens to this and uh, she clocks uh, uh, me shouting out Sheila, then uh, there you go. Shout out to Miss Sheila. Um, Nimbus Sextet Dreams Fulfilled. Um, so fun story about this one. Um, I actually <laughs> I actually won a little competition. Uh, shout out to who sampled and acid jazz records. Um, they just had this album on, like, for a competition, like, gi- a giveaway, I guess, thingy. Um, but all you had to do was like, answer a question and just email the answer. So I did that, and they were like, you're one of the lucky winners. I was like, oh, sweet. So I got so I got this album on vinyl. <laughs> it's, like, literally right next to me right now. Um, if you haven't seen the artwork, it's just, ha, oh, so beautiful. So beautiful, especially in person. Um, beautiful artwork. But, um, yeah, it's uh, obviously a sextet, six, um, group of six, jazz um real real upbeat great rhythms throughout um it, it's just a it's just a real nice contemporary jazz album great energy to it um thoroughly enjoyed it and excuse me i'm glad i got it on vinyl uh ego lma honey for wounds um this is this is such a where 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 like someone like shingai has um i guess some sort of um you know a platform that she can uh, go off. Um, obviously, I guess uh, Eguella May is just beginning, so to speak, in terms of her career. Um, I think this is her debut album, and um, you, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't like to be that person that you know, it's esque, it's esque. Oh wait, it's not a debut album. There's so far as the 2019, so I guess her second album. Um, yeah, so this has, this has such, this gives me such Erica Badu vibes. Um, just. The way her inflections throughout some of it, it's just very, yeah, just, just some, just got some Badu, t- Baduism, so to speak, uh, you know, pun intended, uh, but the songwriting here is real nice, um, 
uh, song for Bobby. I really enjoy it. It's a fire track. Uh, Never Again has uh, Alpha Mist on the production. Shout out to him. Uh, I think Oscar Jerome does a guitar on one of these. It might be Table for One, if I'm if I'm uh, correct, uh, or or right. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, the the album's great. It's uh, you know it's about 41 minutes, uh, 11 songs. So yeah, it's a real smooth listen. Uh, great R and B. Just um, you know, just a real nice rising talent. So shout out to Ego LMA. Uh, next up. Went off the list for some reason. Jay Prince, Soul Volume 2, just a quick EP, uh, three tracks. Uh, very different from each other, very different vibes. Um, so you're bound to get something uh, that you enjoy from this. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, so it's, it's, it's Jay Prince. So if you've, you know, I've talked about him in the past uh, past year or so. He always does some great work, always does some great music. And uh, yeah, another EP for you, another little care package. Uh, Bree Run- Runway, 2000 Forever. Well, uh, Ben kind of... Uh, made my point um i already gave it gave him it gave away my point but yeah i i got bare missy elliott vibes from this i was like this this girl's clearly just a child of missy elliott and lo and behold missy elliott actually features on the ep itself it's an ep don't talk to me um it's it's, it's nothing else but an ep not not it's, not, it's no shade it's like an album's just an ep is just as good as an album um but you know it's it's, it's an ep that's just me um I like No Sir, uh, that was fun. Uh, Gucci was cool, obviously Malibu Mitch on that one. Uh, ATM's clearly the best track, I think, in my opinion. Uh, Ape Shit as well was a nice start. Uh, and yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a solid um, solid uh, piece of work. Uh, shout out to Bree One Runway. Um, obviously got that. Uh, yeah, it's... it's like, yeah, it's just so energetic. I, I, just, like, I just like her energy. Like, uh, it's so confident. It's... Um, it, you know, so it's kind of like in the in the realm of like a TK Mides or I guess like them two are very you know uh, in a very similar boat. Um, so yeah, man, so it's great stuff. And uh, lastly, Jafaris, uh, I love you, but I'm in a bad dot 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 mood. Uh, nice little EP. Um, yeah, I I, I clocked Jafaris. Um, I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when he dropped his uh, debut album Stride, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. There's a great song on there uh, called uh, Time. I think it's time. <laughs> See, you know, now now I'm now I'm feeling like an idiot. No, it's time. Um, and that was a real nice. Uh, that was a real nice joint. Uh, this one has some a really good uh, variety actually in terms of production. Um, very bouncy. Um, very um, uh, you know, kind of kind of kind of you know, kind of you, you can dance to it. You can dance to it. But um, some of the themes can be very um, uh, especially in this uh, uh, album, very dark. Um, haunted, uh, just by the names, haunted, frustrated, mood. Uh, Beggar is um, probably the best track on here for me personally. It's 13 minutes, six songs. You know, what I mean, little. It's, it's, it's a little ting. So uh, you know, if you want to get into Jafaris, get into Jafaris. Um, uh, you know, not like a kind of kind of in the middle between a rapper singer kind of thing. Um, he does deliver some good bars. He has some good flows uh, throughout. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a nice all rounder for sure. So shout out to the Jafaris. And with that said, we hop off to. Our fourth volume of uh, DIT Bites. Uh, we have three topics. Obviously, if you guys haven't, well, if you guys haven't uh, tuned into previous DIT Bites, it is basically us just um, talking about you know current-ish affairs kind of thing, stuff that's been on our minds for the past few past month or so, um, and uh, just general just general music chat that we like to have now and again just to. Uh, and I, I told Ben this um, uh, uh, before, but. Um, just as a little inside, inside the uh, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Some my, the reason why we started this initially was because, um, and I think uh, I think the third one especially, 
uh, was partly because Ben was uh, just like not feeling not feeling like doing like uh, the research that he does. And you know, everyone deserves a break, and that's fine. Um, and you know, we had this idea in general, I think, beforehand, but it kind of we kind of pulled the trigger once. Uh, you know, we both were just like slammed with stuff, and we were just like, okay, let's just do something chill that doesn't require much. And obviously, we can just get our takes off regardless. Um, but uh, yeah, this one's anno- this one's annoying because um, there was you know the the pickings were slim in terms of music this week. <laughs> it was so annoying. Like we should have done this like a couple of weeks ago when you know we had like fucking root maneuver to fucking listen to and like you know get all deep into that and then you know I just had like four EPs to listen to <laughs> and like three albums. I was like this is a breeze and most of my stuff was catch up so you know I didn't even listen to recent stuff. Uh, but anyway. It is what it is. It, it happens. So, uh, Ben, you would like to hop into uh, our first topic? Yeah, I was going to talk about, uh, I guess, the role that hip-hop plays in the post-truth uh, time that we're currently living. Because I had this idea, like, I was actually offered a job um, with a, a magazine, or not a magazine, like an outlet, and um, this was one of my pitches. Uh, which got rejected. So I thought, you know, why not? Just put it on here. Fuck it. So um, I was reading this book series called the Millennium Series, which has, I don't know if anyone's read it. It has Lisbeth Salander as a main character, uh, Mikhail Blomquist, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that series. Great book series. As it progresses towards the end of the, I think it's the fifth book, there's this big disinformation campaign and a big section of uh, the book is about the post-truth generation and how truth and facts are no longer relevant. It's blatantly apparent in the real world that these are the conditions we now live under. And I think, you know, that society was kind of always heading in that direction because it's always been the case that a great story is more important than the truth when you're telling an anecdote. Uh, You know, like we love the exaggerated lens of Hollywood. We love to read fiction we love to believe in the myth of happily ever after and you know even capitalism sells us a myth that we could one day grow up and be rich and famous when in actual fact there's probably zero likelihood of that happening to a huge majority of us so it makes sense that for example my prime minister could stand up on a podium and say that uh, he could he could promise 2 billion dollars of funding to victims of our bushfires and not pay or budget for a single cent he hasn't. He he genuinely hasn't. Two billion dollars. We all remember the bushfires that happened in Australia. Two billion dollars was promised. Not a single cent has been paid. And when they put the budget out, it wasn't in the budget. But he just continues onwards making announcements about funding. He actually just announced like two hundred million dollars funding for the arts or something like that. Didn't get paid either. Didn't get paid. So he just he makes plenty of these announcements and then he never follows through. And it's like a dangerous world really to live in where the truth no longer matters, only power and control of the media. Because really, truth is the only weapon we have against oppression and bigotry and all these forms of discrimination. It's like truth and common sense. Like you can't shoot unarmed black people in the street and kill them and get away with it. It's objective, right? Like by the law, you can't do that. But when you remove truth and fact from it, could do whatever you want like it's anarchy and we've seen it we don't have to imagine it we see it play out in america over the past 12 months where they had a president who believed himself omnipotent and above the law he just tells objective lies objective like i don't know how else to say it. it's just blatantly untrue factually untrue 
and his followers just believe him so intrinsically that they then take up arms against the people who are telling the truth. How scary is that? That's the scariest thing. So to me, hip-hop now becomes one of the most essential things that we have, not just music, like genuine things, because art is very powerful in changing opinions and influencing society. And within this spectrum, it's music that can claim to be the most important because it's the thing that people most consume. Like you listen to music on your commute, when you're exercising, when you're cleaning, to get to sleep, to wake up. It's literally everywhere all the time, uh, more so than any other form of art. You know, like you could, there are so many ways and times and, and like settings that you can listen to music and you listen to it while you're out to dinner at a restaurant. Like, you know, you can't have a movie on. We haven't just sitting there with holiday on while I'm out to dinner on a date, you know? So it has a lot of utility. And hip hop is rooted in reality. We already know this. It grew from a real world struggle more so than any other popular contemporary genre. And that value is still held today. Like a hip hop song has way more words than a pop or a rock song. And so the opportunity to put forth a really good case for the truth, like hip hop artists are held, think about this, hip hop artists are held to a much higher political standard. I bet you could name the rappers who came out in support of Donald Trump, but you couldn't name the rock and pop stars because who the fuck cares? Like genuinely, who cares if some 90s pop star comes out in in support of Trump? I don't care about your opinion. You're a pop artist. Go away. I fucking care if Ice Cube comes out though. Like we genuinely, that hurts. Because hip-hop artists are expected to know better. Because it's assumed that to be a top-tier rapper, you have to be educated and in tune with the people. You have to see the world from a place of objectivity rather than naivety. The way maybe, I mean, the way a pop star or a country star is able to get away with. And examples are like 32% of J. Cole's entire discography is socially conscious and political. 32%, that's one in every three bars. Kendrick Lamar, like I haven't got the numbers handy, but it's going to be, I reckon, over 60% minimum, probably higher than that. Even artists that you may not have associated with it, like... Meek Mill's last album, Championships, 44% socially conscious. 27.8% of Kanye's bars on Watch the Throne, socially conscious. Even Tunnel Vision by Kodak Black, 18.3% socially conscious. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And and what this means to me, sadly, I think it means hip-hop kind of has a responsibility to continue to speak out and speak up, which isn't really fair. Like, rappers should be able to make any kind of music they want. And in 2020, you really hope that they wouldn't have to talk about this kind of thing. But they really do. Like, we need artists like Kendrick and Cole. It's very essential. And I'll end on this because, like, or my first point, because my sister teaches kids uh, age 10 through 17. And she said that pretty much all they listen to is hip-hop. Like, this is a, I think this is a generation that's going to spark change, this younger generation. They're the generation who meme Like they're, you know, and they spend the most time on the internet. They're going to be consuming information on the internet at a rapid rate and they're vulnerable to mistruths. So that's why I think like it's such a fucking essential genre. And I really think that that outlet should have picked up my pitch. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, guys, even Ben gets rejected pitches. That's just... News, news, news to me, news to me. Not even Ben get these these pictures out. Um, and uh, just to just 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 for Ben to know, uh, you know, add Kodak Black to the list of that episode we were talking about. Oh, um, 
yeah, so uh, <laughs> stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I feel like there's a um, there's an obviousness to it, but also feel, but also I, f- I agree with you that it's kind of needs to be said, I guess, in terms of just like locking this down in terms of where we're at because obviously you you know frame this in the uh quote-unquote post-truth world and um and how necessary it is um you know i I, i've always i've I've always you know uh fought in you know terms of hip-hop history there's always just like there's always those artists that um talk about the real shit going on you know i mean stuff like that and uh, I, we can we can all name those people, right? We can all name the P's. We can all name the uh, NWAs and all that, right? We can all we can all name these people from the eighties, the nineties, not so much the two thousands, but in two thousand and tens, right? We can we can name all these people we like, um, but it's just rare, I guess that, um, and this is, and this is just you know a general thing about how people listen to music and. Uh, something I'd kind of push back on in terms of uh, what the youths are listening to. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's purely hypothetical from my end. But I am I highly doubt um, that, uh, you know, they're... Okay, they're A, uh, actively listening um, to these um, socially conscious... Uh, and and not even, not even that. Obviously, we had this conversation a while back about you know what labels and what is a conscious artist, a conscious hip hop artist, and what is conscious hip hop. You know, let's move that aside because we obviously had that conversation before. But just for this, just for this, um, uh, just for this, uh, I guess, uh, uh, hypothetical, so to speak. Not even hypothetical, but anyway, chatting shit. But anyway, this passage of of words I'm about to say. Let's just say that. <laughs> Keep it simple. Um, a actively uh listening to these uh, particular artists that you know um plant their flag in you know being socially conscious and not just you know saying it just because they you know thought about it one day during recording uh and b they're either listening to them but don't see them like that you know what i mean like they don't see them like that i don't really know how the percentage of J. Cole fans that actually see J. Cole as that person, apart from, you know, the moments where he explicitly, um, maybe in, like, something very small, like a feature or, um, you know, during an interview or whatever. I don't don't know if people listen to uh, For Your Eyes Only um, for the the, um, uh, socio-political stuff. Uh, I don't know if they, I don't know if that's what they go for. Uh, KOD is probably like a better example, actually. I, I don't. Are they? Are they doing it for that? I don't know. And you know, that's just that's just me and my low-key cynical way of thinking. Um, but I do agree with you that like the importance is definitely there these days. I feel like this. There's there's been an upswell, in my opinion, of um, artists that. Um, don't shy let's say this don't shy away from having that um that socially conscious or politically conscious um content uh, i feel like there's i feel like having artists uh just overtly not like not even dip their toe in that shit speaks volumes a 
and just looks weird to me now. Like it genuinely looks weird to me now. Um, I won't name artists. We can, we can. There's an obvious name there I can shout out, but I won't. Drake. Just Charlie. All right, guys, you hear that? He said it, not me. All right, just, just, just stay that for the record. I've done the math. Like, I, I can run through the socially conscious content on his albums. It's all oh, below. As much as I want you to do that. 2%. Oh, yeah, go on then. Like, 2%. 2%. 2%. Is that it? Wait, no, I'll continue, and I'll find the, I'll find the okay. graphic. Okay, okay. You, okay, you, fi- you find the thing. Just drop it. Just drop it quick. Let's not get into the whole thing. Uh, we can move on afterwards after you say that. But, um, yeah, you know, someone like Drake... Ben said it first, not me. Um, you know, it's so it, it just speaks volumes to me, and it's very cringe. It it it, it cringes me out. Like you do, do you not see the world burning? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so weird. It's so creepy. And you know, um, I saw like a review for like um, this is completely off tangent, but like you know, something for like um, I saw a review for like Kylie Minogue's new album, and uh, you know they were they were talking oh. about how you know uh, it's. You know, taking us away from the ills of the world with dance floor bangers. You know, like Kylie would, obviously. It's, it's Kylie. Who do you expect? Who do you expect to deliver the the old, the, the 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 club bangers like Kylie? Um, and you know, that's fine, right? And you know, that kind of makes me ask ask the question to myself: Why is it fine for Kylie and not Drake? But but, but I th- I think it's because because he's in hip hop. Yeah, I like agree. you know, pop pop music, pop music is pop music. Everyone wants to. Everyone wants. Everyone, you know what you're getting with pop music. Like you're getting the you're getting the dance bangers. You know what I mean. You're getting the happy shit, right? Nobody listens to Pharrell's happy to hear. Um, you know, vote for Biden. Vote for Biden. No, nobody's doing that. No, nobody's yeah. doing that. Nobody's isn't happy for that kind of stuff, right? That's pop music. But hip hop is different because it's hip hop because it was born in literal struggle. It was born out of struggle. And born off the backs of other music genres that were built out of struggle, out of legitimate struggle, physically, emotionally, mentally, right? It's different. Pop music has its place in the world. Hip-hop has its place in the world. I just find it weird to me, and this is my final point, just to bring it home full circle. I just find it weird to me that there are some hip-hop artists that just stay away from it in just such a, in such a purposeful way. And it's like... And mm. you know we can get into we can we can get into the oh mm. but you know he he probably does stuff behind the scenes I'm like I'm not talking about that no you know I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the art right it's it's about the art here um, you know you can you can you can be a pop artist and then you know deliver millions to uh, whatever Senate campaign or cabinet campaign you want to deliver to that's fine you know what I mean and you could do you could do the same in uh, but. In any other uh, genre, but like it's just it's just weird how hip hop as an art form, from what the foundations is built on, it's just it just makes me feel weird for this. And maybe it's unfair. It probably is unfair. It is unfair. Um, you know, it yeah, it, it is. It is unfair. There is an unfairness about that. <laughs> but damn, right? You know what I mean? You're you're you 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 step in the house that has already been built, and you know, and you and you and you're, and you're doing this, and I'm just like. I'm not sure about that, you know. I mean, it's just there's house rules. There's house rules, and uh, I mean, I feel I feel like there should just be um, some sort of some sort of focus on that. I I'm not I'm not I'm not asking Drake to do it to pimp a butterfly. I'm not asking that, but it, just, just at least say free my homies or something like fuck you know. It's just 
it's just it's just weird. It's off putting, but anyway, I'm, I'm running in circles. Now I've got the Drake stats right here. I've got the hot Drake stats right here. So I've got the political and socially conscious content of uh, Drake projects. So far gone, 0.1%. Thank me later, 0.3%. Take care, 1.4%. Nothing was the same, 0.6%. If you're no. reading this, 1.4%. Views, uh. 0%. Uh. More life, 0.3%. Scorpion, 0.3%. Oh Total, 7... And I haven't done... You know, this was this is a bit old, this, this analysis, 2019. 7,063 total bars. 40 of them are politically... Uh, inclined or socially conscious that's 0.6% now that's pitiful I'm not gonna like Char- Charlie's point is Charlie's point and I respect that I'm not gonna say that I feel s- the same because I really don't care you know artists can do whatever they want and I don't really I'm yeah. not uh, I'm not of hip hop like I'm from outside of hip hop so I don't define the, yeah. the house rules like I don't really know you know it's not really my place at all to say that um Okay, let me be subjective. It's my house rules. I just feel like yeah, you know, enough. if the, if the la- if if the if the hip, if the foundation of hip hop are these things, then I feel like there's just some credence that like you need not need to adhere to, but just like acknowledge something. You know, what I mean, it's just I don't know. It, it's a lot of taking. You know, I've said this about Drake many times. But there's a lot of taking the good stuff and not not acknowledging the bad stuff. It's just, it's just, it just doesn't sit right with me. It it just doesn't it it just doesn't sit right with me. I think the thing that scares me a lot more is the fans. Like you know when I posted. Oh yeah, I didn't want to get into that, but yeah, yeah. When I yeah, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. But when I posted something yesterday or a couple of days ago, political, someone said, "Do you do you have to get political uh, yeah, on your main?" That. And I was like, "Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah." I mean, come on, like, and you know, so this right, is so, what. Yeah. Okay. That, but this is what really scared me. So that scares me. Offer it. That scares me a little bit. But what scares me? But does me that way not more, prove my point just a little bit? I mean the fact the fact that you, the fact that you have to say that. Well, that's and obviously it's, it's to a fan. But it's you know, scary, still. but the responsibility shouldn't be on the artist. I don't think. Like I think these okay. people. I think the responsibility in this case is on the follower or the fan who has not engaged with hip hop except on the most superficial level. Like you've assumed that it's another just genre <laughs> that you can dip in and out of. Okay, like you, Ooh, bro. You know, uh, you've yeah, assumed no, yeah. you've mm-hmm. assumed that mm-hmm. like it's it's like pop. I can just pop in here, listen to Tunnel Vision by. Th- that's that's the thing. Hip hop's pop, bro. Like that's that's the, that's the landscape right right now. That's, that's yeah, but whose how... fault is that? Whose fault? You know, I was having a conversation. That's a with deep someone. question, brother. That's an essay question. <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone uh, in DMs, and I won't mention who they are, but they were a good artist, like a, a top tier artist. And they said yep. that I'm glad you and and this is this was the point I was going to make when I put that on my story on IG, it got like you know I think like thirty thousand impressions and I got over a hundred DMs. That's one of the most DMs I've ever gotten from it from a story, mm. and it was yep. people saying, "Good good work. This is refreshing. I'm proud of you. Blah blah. This is this is good. Like I'm I'm almost like yeah. you don't need to. You shouldn't be doing that. I don't need you to say." Congratulations for doing this. This is just simple <laughs> shit. This should be like me doing two plus two equals four, and everyone's like, "Oh yes, you know math." Congratulate. Like uh, it's simple to me. And this artist said to me, "I said like this is sad that I'm getting all these DMs about this." And they said, 
I know, but labels, labels tell you that you can't be super political in your radio songs because people don't like listening to it. And I said, I didn't say it, but I thought not people, white people, white privilege, all this bullshit. Because someone said yep. to me the other day on, on um, they said, what do they say? You should just vote for whoever will do the best for your friends and family. And because they were they were criticizing me for telling people to vote for Biden and not to vote for vote for Trump, and I'm just like, mate, that is literally how white privilege it it just endlessly is perpetuated because white people we just vote for whoever's going to give us the most power and privilege and uh, this is a hip hop account like you can't respond if you if you listen to hip hop this person said that they love Kendrick. <laughs> You can't love Kendrick and hold that opinion at the same time. It does not compute. So, yep, I don't yep. know. It's just confusing, man. Like, I've, I agree with you. And, you know, when, when you said about um, th- are they actively listening, at first I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, as long as the environment that these hip-hop artists are creating is conducive to the that kind of political opinion, like the, you know, like the truth, the truthful opinion and equality – which it's going to be, in my opinion, it's always going to gravitate back towards that because that is the essence of hip-hop, then it's okay because they're not being confronted with, you know, the wrong opinions. But now that I think about it, you're right. They're not really active. It it seems like people aren't actively listening to these. You can't, you can't, you can't say Kendrick's a top-tier artist and then hold that opinion at the same time. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, are you, what are you, are you even listening? Like, what... (laughs) And what if, what what are you listening for? Like I don't understand. What's the point of you listening to Kendrick if you think that you should just vote for whoever uh, will do best for your family? Uh, it's. Uh. <laughs> I'll say I'll say I'll say one more thing, and uh, we can move on to the next one. But the fact that the Rolling Stone of all places named Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" one of the most politically timeless albums in American music. Uh, 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 as number one, that say that says it all to me. That whatever labels say about like you know, Kami him yeah yeah, bro, one of the whitest publications in your oh, sphere. Put Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" number fucking one. Next n- number two, fucking Beach Boys, bro. Like it topped <laughs> Beach Boys. Who Pet doesn't sounds. love Beach Boys? Pet like, sounds. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, hello, come on, that 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 speaks volumes to me personally. Uh, obviously, not trying to put too much credit to Rolling Stone because what's going on is a fucking classic, but you know, it should be there. But the fact that they put it there speaks a lot to me. But and then and then having these labels talk about this from an artist that you link up with, uh, telling you the exact same thing verbatim, that just it, it jars me. It, it just jars me because like I, I yeah, yeah. One side, one side of the spectrum's telling me one thing, but another side of the spectrum's telling uh, telling me something completely different, and it just doesn't compute with me. So therefore, in that case, and this is how I feel for any type of artist, do what the fuck you want. Simple. Anyway, let's continue. I'm just gonna end on this. Like that. I mean that that makes to- it makes total sense to me. It's just posturing. It's just posturing, and we'll get it when we get it's to our third topic. Yeah. 
It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and and I bet you when Kendrick performed at the Grammys, they were like, that's amazing. What a great performance. Like, good work. But don't do it too much. Don't do that's it too st- often. Like, I, 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 st- I still think that's the best, like, live perform television music performance I've seen, like, ever, I think, personally. Like, I haven't seen many, but that, that shit just, Grammys. every second of that, every second of that. But. No, it was, it was powerful. But we can we can segue on because we could talk about that forever. But we can segue then to the next, topic, which is um, how do you like how and, and this this has been interesting for me because we've had this conversation a few times. But how do you cancel an artist in your own sphere? Like we all have our own value system. We all have things that are deal breakers for us. And we had this conversation in a I think it was probably a bias episode where it was like, what is the line? Maybe. You know, when do you say, this is just too much, I can't listen to this artist anymore? And we decided that the universal line is R. Kelly. Like, it's just this, this <laughs> yeah. game over from there. But, you know, I was with a friend uh, on Saturday, right? And we were talking about this very topic. And I said, actually, we were talking about Scar Tissue, uh, which is Red Hot Chili Peppers' uh, lead singer, Anthony Kiedis. And he wrote this book, wrote his autobiography, right? And in it, he says that he admits to sleeping with a 14-year-old girl when he was 20, and then he admits to dating a 15-year-old girl when he was 23, I think. And he's unapologetic Ugh, about okay. it, right? Unapologetic. And it's the same with the Motley mm. Crue book, where uh, one of the members, I forget which one, uh, admits to raping a girl. And at the end of Jesus the book, he Christ. says, I raped a girl and got away with it. Like, it's lit- it's written in fucking print. And then still... Motley Crue okay. are welcomed to Australia and Tyler, the creator, is not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> but but it comes about, like, I and I said this, I, I was talking to her about this, and I said, you know, it's... She goes, oh, I wouldn't have even known that. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's like, you don't know until you know. And I said, everyone knows about R. Kelly. And she's like, what mm-hmm. about R. Kelly? And I was like, well, the underage girls thing. She's like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, how mm. the fuck don't you know about that? But like, right. I guess the what I'm trying to say is like that with Little Wayne. Little Wayne's the one that that has happened recently where he came out in support of Donald Trump, and Little Wayne is just genuinely like my friend said to me when he said to me yesterday, "What do you expect from Little Wayne?" And this is what Charlie's been saying. Like Charlie, Charlie's Charlie's been off the Little Wayne. I'll let him talk about it, but he's been off the Little Wayne thing for a long fucking time. And I said, <laughs> the point of Little Wayne was that he was always insane. Like, he, in 2007, 2008, that insanity manifested into bars that no one else in the game could rap. No one's going to say these things that he was saying on Wax. It just doesn't, like, the way his brain was making connections, it just didn't make any fucking sense. So on this occasion, right. it's gone so far left that... Well, it's gone right, really. It's gone too far right. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. But like, I <laughs> see. But um, no. But this is this for me personally. It's it's not forgivable. You can't come out in support of one of the worst humans in human history, like a a week before the election. It doesn't work. So I'm not going to ever listen to him again. So how do I go about forensically removing him, an artist that is in my personal top five, who I've been listening to my whole life. If I'm genuinely that turned off, how do I go about removing it? Do I have to remove him from all my playlists? Do I have to remove any guest verse? It's very hard, man. And I think 
the, the, the point that I want to get across here is, is personal. It's like how you feel about it. I'm not going to say to someone, you can't ever listen to Lil Wayne again. Or when someone puts Lil Wayne on a playlist, I'm like, nah, that's fucked. And for me personally, I'm not removing guest verses. So if a guest verse pops up on something, I was listening to Benny's album again the other day and the Lil Wayne feature came up, I listened to it. I didn't skip it. But I'm not going to put on a Lil Wayne album. I'm not going to put on Lil Wayne music. But then on the flip side, probably still going to listen to Ice Cube. So, like, it's very personal. But yeah, I was wondering, Charlie, like, have you ever canceled, like, fully canceled an artist in your personal listening history? And if so, like, how did you go about doing that? Uh... Apart from Rick okay, and well, Rose. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I was big into him from day one. Um, uh, well, that's that's kind of the thing for like most of the. Like, I don't. I mean, I mean, I don't can. I don't. I don't. I don't really cancel um, artists. Um, I I don't think like I find it. I I find my view, uh, listening habits very simple. Where like if I I, I just I, I, most of the time. Uh, the artists I don't really listen to, I never really listened to in the first place. Um, I I, I don't think I've really had the, I've, I haven't had the little way moment like you have had recently. Like the reckoning you had was extraordinary. Um, yeah. uh, just to see him, re- just to see in real time. But uh, I, I showed him the picture. I, I I think I showed him the picture of it. I was like, get your man's. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> it was rough, man. It was, that was glorious. It was a traumatic. I can imagine day. the existential. Yeah, I can imagine the existential crisis you were having that day. It was, it oh, amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and you know, factually, um, shout to the boys in search of source. Um, they did an episode a few uh, like a month or so ago, talking about this kind of thing. Um, uh, they were talking about, I think, Spotify specifically, and uh, they found mm. out that uh, regardless of what you, regardless if you guys. Um, you know, don't listen to R. Kelly, do listen to R. Kelly, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff. That's not how Spotify works. Like everybody gets a little bit of what you, of what you, it doesn't go, if you don't listen to, yeah, if you don't constantly spin Kendrick, it's not all going to go to Kendrick, it's going to go to everybody in a sense. So, and I don't don't know how the rest of the, uh, uh, rest of them work, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's Spotify specifically and I'm assuming that's how the rest of them go. But anyway... Uh, so yeah, you know, we're, we're technically, if you have a Spotify account, you are technically accepting R. Kelly into your life in some way, uh, with your, you're saying something with your checkbook or with your, uh, bank account, online bank account. Um, anyway, I've never, re- I've, I've never really had to surgically remove like, um, an artist, uh, from my, like, I, I've never had like f- five songs on my regular rotation from some artists and then they do something nasty and I'm just like, ah, this, this all doesn't flow with me anymore. Um, there may be like artists that I've just, uh, I don't know, grown past, I guess, in, excuse me, in some way where I'm just like, eh, I'm not into it, not into it anymore. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just find their message just a bit dead to me. Like, no, no, no. So I've never really had the explicit, I'm angry, you know, a, st- a rubber stamp cancelled on, on the, on the, uh, on the uh, uh, proverbial uh, uh, piece of paper, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't really answer the question. I've never really had the ability to do it. Like for someone like Rick Ross and Lil Wayne, like you know, I never really rated them that highly in the first place. Um, you know, and this has come from someone that hasn't listened to much Wayne and Ross. So take that for what you will. 
Um, I'm not expecting you guys to take that with the biggest pinch of salt. Um, but yeah, I just don't because I'm just I'm just not into what they talk about, to be honest. And um, obviously, I can reference like Emmett Till bars that they both fucking have. They literally both have horrible Emmett Till bars, which just speak volumes to me um, as people. And um, for Lil Wayne specifically, like if there was any chance I was going to get into Lil Wayne, it was before um, the OG Black Lives Matter protests in uh, 2016, 2015, mm-hmm. uh, the Ferguson ones. Any, I think it was the Ferguson ones. Um, and like Lil Wayne went on like, a, I think Nightline or some shit, whatever, whatever show it's called. And he was like, uh, I, I, I don't support it or whatever. And like... Basically doing the I'm a rich black guy doesn't affect me um, stick and I'm just like fuck you then <laughs> yeah you know I mean so that that that's, that was just me if there was any chance of me listening to Lil Wayne from any any point it was probably before then uh, but yeah you know I just I'm just not into them like you know I, I just uh, and you know I can say the Emmett Till stuff you know what I mean but I'm not exactly uh, I'm not I'm not gonna plant my flag like that and just go. They said a bar that I don't like. So I'm not going to listen to them. It's a bit just, just silly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I've outright cancelled someone. I could probably think of a film example, actually, if I am if I'm, if I have to put my thoughts on it. Um, but I, even even in that, I can't really think about it. Um, you know, I, I haven't watched a Woody Allen film. So there you go. There's that. I just find him a bit cringe, to be honest, in terms of just uh, how... how people talk about him so uh yeah maybe that i guess but even then that's kind of like the similar way of wayne and ross where i just didn't even listen uh watch a woody Allen film beforehand so you know nothing changes for me there so uh yeah i don't know there's a whole lot of nothing but uh yeah <laughs> it's a poetic it, way of saying nothing do you think it's disingenuous though to say why well, i didn't really listen to wayne and ross prior so it doesn't really affect me now but you know like if another artist did something similarly, like would you sure. then say, "Well, I'm more I'm more tapped into this artist, so it would take a lot more for me to tap out," you know? Oh yeah, prob yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, most mm-hmm. likely. Um, you know, that's 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 the case with most you know with most things. Like if you're a fan, if you were a fan of like Lance Armstrong back in the day. Um, you know, if you were a cancer survivor or whatever, and like you know, you saw Lance Armstrong was a god. Like you don't want to you don't want to hear him in like PED uh, 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 conversations, right? And you and you just get defensive, right? This is what it is. Mm. Uh, you know that's obviously a very extreme example, but it's an example nevertheless. So you know, if you relate to someone, if you just enjoy what they do, then you're gonna defend them, right? Um, you can you can take this to like a whole sport, like you know, some people defended the NBA over how they uh, how they. Uh, responded or how they do business with uh china as a country so and you know it's like there's there's contentiousness between the two um but but you know i like basketball so and fuck china so in general so you know i'm just it is what it is for me so and that's that and that's pretty cut and dry um but yeah you're probably you're probably right yeah it's just you know people support people um people take uh, fandom or just liking something in general um, with no attachment at all and eventually you know if you get into someone or something enough you'll have attachment to it um, and you start to care about it uh, I'm yeah, sure when uh, whenever like a certain yeah yeah 
uh, you know, I'm sure whenever, um, whenever there's like a, I don't know, a cricket scandal, you know, coming through on your end, um, not on Australia's end, I just mean in general, like a cricket in general end, uh, you know, you, you plant your flag wherever you, wherever, you know, the, the person, either the person or the team or the country you rate, whatever, if you respect them or whatever, or you're just like, fuck the system. <laughs> you're just like, whatever. So, uh, you know, it, it happens mm. everywhere in terms of support. Um, and yeah, people just get very irrational with it. You know, people, there are, I'm sure there's a lot of people that grew up with R. Kelly in a very genuine manner. Um, and we can, we can do this all day. We can name Miles Davis, the James Browns, all of those people that have done nasty shit. And you obviously reference Motley Crue and Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? I'm sure people listen to them regardless if they've read the book or not. Um, and if they've read the book, they'll make their decision there and then. Because um, I, 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 I don't really think this is much. This requires much thought. Um, you remove your principles for some things. You remove your principles. Um, you don't remove your principles for a lot uh, for other things. And you make that decision as soon as you gain that information. Um, I, I highly, I don't really think most people have those moments where they spend days deliberating on, <laughs> do I, do I not, do I, let me weigh up the pros and cons of not listening to this person ever again. You know what I mean? It, it's there and then, like, if you feel, if you feel some type of way, you feel some type of way. It may ebb, it may, it may leave, it may leave and you'll be like, you know what, it's been a year, mm. I don't really care anymore, so, you know, it's. <laughs> it, it, it happens so uh, you know there's a lot of ways to go about it, it and, uh, you know asking your uh, general question yeah, it's just there's a lot of ways to go about it I think it changes as you get older it certainly has changed for me um, you know if this was sure. five ten years ago it would be a different story but I think as you uh, grow and experience things and you, your value system becomes stronger than your uh, attachment to just things that are kind of superficial like no no one's that yeah. attached to little wayne or red hot chili peppers that they yeah. are just unless you personally know these people like let's be rational here you you're not as a you can't be attached to an artist as as uh, closely as you will be attached to your core values when you yeah. get older like it's yeah. just not gonna i'm i'm sorry like it's not gonna happen guys like I used to be fucking a desperate Eminem fanatic. Now I, I know that he's a horrible person and the, the stuff he raps about is just stupid and damaging and immature. Like, you, you take a step. It's the same with Jay-Z. Like, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard my Jay-Z stannery unraveling over the last two years. Because, and I was just, I'm such a die, I was such a diehard Jay-Z stan. I've got fucking Hollywood on single. I've got a CD single of Hollywood, for fuck's sake, man. It cost me $30. I bought that shit without even worrying about it. It was 06. I was like 18 years old. I'm like, take this fucking money, bro. Take this money. I'll I'll, I'll own that and purchase that and, and cherish this piece of physical content. Oh my so I'm a debt, but but as I got older and my values around uh, how I treat women and and how I you know feel about relationships and infidelity changed, I was like, man, what the fuck? Like you know, I was rapping along to Big Pimpin' yesterday. I'm like, this is a banger, but like these lyrics are just trash. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man! Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
Like, come on, let him play with a dick in a truck. Any chick want to put jigger fist in cuffs, divorce him and split his box just because he got good head, I'm going to break bread so you could be living it up? Like, come on, Jay. Nah, man, it's not cool. So I think what my point is like, it's the same with, it was easier to drop Rick Ross than Lil Wayne because I don't really fuck with Rick Ross. And when he said that shit about women in that interview with the Breakfast Club, like, if I had a yeah. female artist, I'd probably end up fucking her because why wouldn't you want to fuck me? I'm, yeah, I'm so great. Like, shut the fuck up, Rick Ross. No one wants to fuck you, you idiot. Like, just shut up. And he's just laughing. Uh, like, oh, this is so funny. I can fuck any woman I want. Uh, so yeah, cool. Wait, bro, how old are you? Are you 12? Like, we're not, <laughs> we're not in fucking primary school anymore. Grow the fuck up. So it's easy for me to just drop him. It was easy for me to drop logic when he said that trash bar about mental health. Like, I was just like, meh, no, no sweat off my back. It was hard to drop Little Wayne because he was a huge part of my youth, but it was actually very easy. Like, I say it was hard. It's only hard in the unpicking. It's only hard in going back and undoing all the threads and being like, okay, let's take this out. Let's take this out. Let's take this out of this playlist. Let's, you know, when it's done, it's like, it's such an easy decision. It's like, nah, man. Yep. So I think as you get older, it just gets way easier and you just drop these artists like fucking... And it, it's, it doesn't even mean that you have to cancel them forever. It's an individual thing. I still listen to Hove. Listen to him a lot. But I still... But I listen to it with new eyes and new ears and I'm like, okay, I understand. This is not acceptable, this song or this, this lyric. I don't agree with this lyric or I don't feel comfortable with this lyric. Like, you don't just have to blindly just accept everything from an artist. And yeah... I just went on a little bit of a rant there, but yeah, we can That's jump fine. into our third topic if you want. Uh, okay, guys, if you, go. if you if you stuck with us this far, congratulations because we're about to roast. We're about to in in the words of Sean C, we're about to cyber bully. All right, we're so um, cyber bully. we're about to cyber bully. Um, all right, got to roast these Grammys, man. So recently, uh, last week, uh, they announced. Uh, in in in, I'm just gonna reference uh words of Mr. Ben Beaumont Thomas via the Guardian on here. Uh, the Grammys are changing the name of their Best World Music Album category to Best Global uh, Music Album to avoid quote connotations of colonialism. So let's just let me just let me just set the scene right here in terms of via <sighs> Beaumont Thomas here. Uh, in a statement, yeah, yeah. the Recording Academy said the change came quote. As we continue to embrace a truly global mindset, dot, 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 over the summer we held discussions with artists, ethnomusicologists, didn't know mm. that ex- didn't know those those existed, but big ups. They didn't. They don't exist. That's a made up name. <laughs> That's the Ethno- academy. Ethno, Ethno- whatever. Like, what? Let's put I knew Ethno they were musicologists. I knew they were musicologists, but ethnomusicologists. That's a very the niche market. Probably Jackson I, Smith. Jackson. I'd li- I'd we like hired to- Jackson Smith. <laughs> Whose parents are fucking Brighton and Lance, Brian. the whitest human in existence. He becomes an ethnomusicologist. Chet. Chet and Chad. Um, uh, with artists, ethnomusicologists and linguists from around the world to, uh, who determined that there was an opportunity to update the Best World Music Album category toward a more relevant, modern and inclusive term. Dot, dot, dot. The change symbolises a departure from the connotations of colonialism, folk, and non-American that the former term embodied uh, while adapting to current listening trends and cultural evolution among the diverse communities 
it may represent. Uh, the term world music was originally coined in the UK uh, in 1987 to help market music from non-Western artists. The Grammys created the Best Song Music Album category in 1992, uh, with the winners including Ravi Shankar, Gilberto Gil, or Gil, and three-time recipient Angelique Kidjo. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, pre- that's, pre- that's pretty much it. That's <laughs> um, just a... We'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. There's a, there's the whole article there. If you guys want to search it up, it's pretty much like the second result that you get if you type out Grammys World Music or Global Music or whatever the fucking. I, honestly, bro, it's so inconsequential to me. Even though I've just read it, I forget which one is the one that we're using now. <laughs> I just don't fucking. It's so inconsequential to me. And the thing is, the whole point of this is to apparently avoid connotations of colonialism right how about like just (laughs) how about uh not having the rest of the world that is not american uh and latin and whatever uh whatever other uh, uh, uh ethnicity you have specifically that have their own awards right i think it's just literally latin uh what's the what's the other one I swear there's another one, like, uh, and I, I swear, bro, they have, like, Christian, like, categories, like, you lot are tripping, like, you lot are bugging, the fact that there's a, the, the fact that there's a world music in general just doesn't make sense, because you have, like, the best music from Africa, you have the best music from Asia, North, Southeast Asia, uh, 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 uh Middle East, India, Pakistan, whatever, f- European music, uh, Latin American music, South American music, oh, not Latin American, but, um, South American music, bro, you literally got 80% of the world in one category, the whole problem with this is the category itself, not the fucking name, (laughs) it's the exact same bullshit with the urban contemporary and whatever the fuck they're calling it now, the point of our, uh, of our, uh, anger towards these particular awards it's the fact that it's encompassing in such an odd way. What the fuck is urban contemporary? <laughs> and what the fuck is world music? Like, I can technically... I can technically uh, say that um, Irish... Um, Irish folk music is technically world music, even though... Uh, even though, like, from a distance, it's probably, like, I don't know, hundreds to 120 miles away from f- away from me personally like hello like <laughs> like ben could, ben could easily go from like uh i don't know uh 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 uh, uh american samoan music whatever right just um fiji music <laughs> you know music made in fiji whatever they they're doing in terms of vibes right ben could easily count that as uh, world music even though distance wise it's not that far away it doesn't make yeah, sense. Stupid, the whole global music, world music, whatever the fuck you want to call it, doesn't make sense. And you've literally just made a news item out of nothing. Congratulations, Grammys. You played yourself for the second time this year. Congratulations. You didn't have to do anything. We'd roast you regardless of what the whatever the fuck is called. The whole problem is that the fact that they exist. And you just don't even bother to just, I don't know... If you're going to give a shit, just add new categories. If you want to be that inclusive, have Best African Album. Have Best South African Album. 
South American album. Do it by continent, European. Why not? I'd be fine yeah. with that. But be fair, anyway. all all continents might involved. as well. Like might as well. Why not? It's all silverware. This is stupid. It's all silverware. This whole thing is. This whole thing is just. Let me let me let me tell you the process I went through. Right. I'll go through it because I did this in real time. I sat down and I'm like, I'm going to write out my points in real time. <laughs> yeah. I'll so in a statement, the Recording Academy says, as we continue to embrace a truly global mindset, like what the fuck? The, so the term world music was originally coined in the UK in 1987 to help market music from non-Western artists. Okay. So pretty, like, fir- apparently yeah. the first world in the, album yeah, was exactly. awarded in... <laughs> 92 or some shit right born awkward so let's 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 go down this path with me because i had no knowledge of this category before i went down this so firstly i found it pretty fucking obvious how stupid the naming of this category is because i was like well drake's won grammys (laughs) but but drake's won grammys adele's won grammys like so off rip it doesn't mean music that isn't american so it isn't world music at all is it so, it's an American award show. Remember this. The Academy is American. It's American. Like, it's this. So, world music or global music doesn't mean anything non-American. So, I thought in my head, well, perhaps it means anything non-English speaking. But why? But anyway, David Byrne of the Talking Heads said, and he said this. I'll quote here. He said it in 1999. He said this. I hate world music. It's a label for anything at all that is not sung in English or anything that doesn't fit in the Anglo-Western pop universe this year. It's a none-too-subtle way of reasserting the hegemony? Hegemony. I don't know. Hegemony. Apologies. I've never seen that word before in my life. It's a good one. Um, Of Western pop culture. It ghettoizes most of the world's music. A bold and audacious move, white man. It's pretty fucking scathing and pretty fucking accurate. So, like... Uh, bro, Fantano had a great point when he said, he's like, it served a purpose at some point because it was first awarded in 92 when globalization was seeing the Western world, and I mean America and in my experience, Australia. It was be- they, these these areas were beginning to open up to the, the strange possibility that other cultures actually may have something to offer us outside of cheap labor and the manufactured goods that our countries didn't already have. So this category was inevitable of an award ceremony that claims to be all-encompassing. And the standards were low at first. No one no one cared back then. It wasn't that big of a deal. Nowadays, it's fucking genuinely disrespectful. And it's so on brand for an award show that claims inclusivity via this fabled academy who alleged to be made up of genuine musicians. But judging off their behavior... It seems to be wholly owned and operated by major labels because this move reeks of their handiwork. Mm. It's just the total inability to judge the situation accurately Mm. and an uncaring broad brushstroke aimed at doing the absolute least to quieten down the most vocal opponents. They've boiled down all music that they see as non-essential and put it in a category that's totally farcical. The sheer number of masterpieces every single year they're missing out on because they have to narrow the entire rest of the world down to a handful of nominations is totally disrespectful to the core, regardless of the name that you call it. As Charlie said, it's not the fucking name, guys. It's got nothing to do with the name. 
Someone has to explain to me why changing world to global removes the idea of colonization, though. Because that doesn't even fucking compute. The whole thing is so stupid to blame it on connotations of colonization. Because that's even... This whole thing is even more ignorant, if you think about it. Why would this even be colonization? The category is actually designed, and it's it's a terrible thing, but it is actually designed to recognize works of art by non-European and non-American artists. Colonization yeah. is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Colonization is the act of settling among and establishing control of indigenous people of an area. So by even having this category, it's already anti-colonization. Removing the, the, the whole... Like, this is what's so stupid about... That's how dumb they are. This is how dumb they are. They said that by switching it from world to global, they're removing the, the colonization. There's no colonization involved in this. What is actually colonization is the fact that you had a Native American album category from 01 to 2011, and then you removed it and put them in a whole other category. Mm. The category that's a bunch of other... Like, it's regional roots music now. Mm. So, inst- like, how fucking stupid are you, Grammys? You have no idea what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> it's so dumb. That is what colon... Guys, that is colonization. That is... Co- by removing the indigenous category, you have colonized that yep. art form. Yep. You... This is anti-colonization having a global music category. You're so dumb, man. And they come out with their big sandwich board. Hey, guys, look how non-racist we are. Look how progressive we're being. We've we've consulted with ethnomusicologists, which isn't even a thing, but we created it no, because it. we care about you. We care about you. We care about you. We want to include you. So we've taken away that terrible... <laughs> Very derisive name, world music, and we've brought it into the global sphere. Mm. We've brought you within our arms. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't even make sense. This is so stupid. Like, these guys are genuinely dense. They're so stupid. I, I don't even think they are, like, trying to be... Ugh, sorry. <laughs> I've got to get this point across. It's so stupid. Like, it's just... Don't use the word colonization when it's not even related to that. And you... Uh, anyway, I screamed myself out. See, I didn't even I didn't even know what regional roots music was like until you just told me what it was. So I don't so, know what it means either, but it, yeah. it, it, it already existed as a category prior to the Native American category. So that's... Right. It, it's clearly not... It's not made for indigenous music of the United States. Okay, it's not... So they, they had that already and then they removed that category completely. So, like, you're telling me, I mean, that, to me, that's just blatant colonization. Like, that's just, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I want to say that uh, ethnomusicology does exist. <laughs> just to fact check, Ben, it does exist. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, just, it, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but it does, it does exist. Uh, it's very niche uh, from its definition, apparently. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go off Wikipedia because I'm basic. Uh, ethnomusicology may be described as a holistic investigation of music in its cultural context. So basically, music uh, anthropology. That's basically what it is. It's, that's, that's basically, in a nutshell, 
what ethnomusicology is. It's anthropology, but instead of like, you know, just general human cultures, you're doing it in, uh, in the prism of music. So let's just cut, let's just uh, nip that in the bud. Um, the funny, the, the, well, the, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of funny things to this, um, uh, just how stupid this is. Uh, but the, the interesting tidbit I found uh, as, you were, as you were going off uh, was the fact that uh, in terms of discontinued um, uh, uh, awards, they actually, from 2004 to 2011, had two world music categories. They had traditional and contemporary. And then they just decided to bunch them all together and make it one. So it, th- the fact that they made steps in 2004 and then took steps back in 2011... And now I've just like I don't know, re- this is like um this is like a, when a company like renames themselves, but we know exactly who they are. It's just like, okay, you're still full of shit. <laughs> it's like um uh, as a sports reference like uh the IAAF the um it's actual athletics um the athletics body I forgot I forgot the whole thing, um but like they changed their, themselves to a uh, world athletics, for what for who. For what? Like we know who you are, bruv. Like y- y- mm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you change your logo. We know exactly who the fuck you still are. You still are the governing body of World Athletics, like of of, of International Athletics, so yeah, of track and field. So you know, it doesn't make. It does. Oh, it just doesn't. I hate when people, when like companies or whatever like entities, just do this performative shit. It just doesn't make. It yeah, doesn't do anything for any other anybody. Like what? What yeah. do you want a medal? Like, do you really want a medal right now? Like, it's just silly. It, it's just silly. And you know, we do this. We do this for roasting purposes. But it obviously, clearly, as you can hear, it gets us very heated because it's just, it, it's just unnecessary. Like, it really is unnecessary. And you know, I think we had like um, I think we had an episode about award shows in general, um, and mainly focused on the Grammys. I think. Uh, and I think we, I think we had like a segment where we we're like, you know, how can the Grammys be better? Um, I, I, I honestly, if I go listen, if I go back and listen to that episode, we probably didn't even scratch the surface. Like, we, <laughs> we probably, we probably didn't even scratch the surface, bruv. Like, I'm being honest, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so, it's so much shit. I like, not just the Grammys, but you know, many other award shows in general. Just the whole concept of award shows sometimes is in in recent years. Um, and by recent, I mean this past year for me personally, has just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I really enjoyed, like, award season for music, for film, television. I, I love that shit, right? I used to love that shit. And now I'm just like, eh, meh. Like, before we got on the recording, I was talking with the Search of Source boys, and I was like, like, watch, watch the... I, I don't even want to know who they're going to pick for uh, rap album of the year, because, like... It's just gonna be yeah. fucking. It's gonna be Roddy Rich. It Post I, I, Malone. Oh, did he drop an album this year? Yeah, in the within the the period, I think. I think. Oh, what Hollywood's bleeding? Oh, maybe not. Maybe Hollywood's bleeding came out. That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I swear yeah. that was nominated last year. So yeah, okay. Don't don't scare me like that. <laughs> well, Roddy Rich's was last year, but I don't know if it came out within the right. Right. Is, is it like August, September's a cutoff? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people were doing the for your considerations like uh, last month, I think. So yeah, uh, yeah, and the cutoff, I, th- I assume, well, so the cutoff has to be before the actual awards itself. So it's probably like December or January. 
So yeah, I so I'm 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 sure that Roddy Rich's album is going to be here. I you know they're just going to pick that maybe Juice World because you know they did um they did it for X's album uh, X's stuff. So I I can't really see the difference in terms of that. Uh, not to say you know they're worse or you know better than each, uh, whichever one you want to pick, but you know they're going to pick that for posthumous. Um, you know obviously they did Max Swimming as well uh, for the posthumous push, which mm. I genuinely believe is a thing. Um, Hollywood's bleeding will be sorry to cut you off, but Hollywood's bleeding fuck. will be eligible. It's the last year was uh, October one, twenty eighteen to August thirty one, twenty nineteen, and this came out September six, twenty nineteen, August September. So it will be eligible. Yay! I'm <clears throat> so happy for Post Malone. I'm gonna get my tweets off, but the twelve percent <laughs> rap thing is just just been endlessly yeah, uh, dead, fucking dead so conversation. Much dead conversation. We know this. We we are all in the same boat. This should not. They should not be there. You know, little baby's album will be there. I I, I said to the guys, I guarantee you, the baby's album will be there, even though it doesn't have the quality of one. Uh, Pop Smoke's gonna be there. Oh yeah. Twenty one and Metro might be there. Uh, Lil Uzi's album might be there. Like, it, honestly, I'm just like, I just there's so many albums that you know. You know this is obviously subjective. Like, I would personally just pick over them, but like, I I just can't really imagine. I I don't know. They're not gonna pick a woman. I don't think they're gonna pick any album by a female this year. I generally don't think they will. Mm. Uh, and you know, we we've we've mentioned plenty this uh, even this fucking episode, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't think they're gonna mention any uh, for rap album. Uh, you know, unfortunately, so I. And that's just one thing about the Grammys, like the rap categories, like you know, it's been long, uh, long uh, accounted for. You know, uh, the boycott back in the day with like Fresh Prince and Public Enemy, and then you know, that's been storied. Um, it goes, it is it you goes on since day one, and uh, you know, and that's just rap, that, and that's just rap. So, and now we're just talking about world music, so it's it's everywhere, man. The the bullshit, the fuckery is everywhere. Fuck the Grammys. I need to go get something to eat. Can we finish? FTG, <laughs> FTG. No, one thing I wanted to um, ask, right, just on a lighter it, note, because I was driving around with Winnie yesterday, and and Kendrick came on, right? And uh, we'd been, I'd been rapping along to some stuff prior to that, and then Kendrick came on, and knew I forget what song it was. It might have been, oh, it was, um, it was "Pray for Me" with the weekend. Yeah. I know every word of the Kendrick verse, but I didn't rap along to it. And I said to to Winnie, I never rap. Kendrick, I've never rapped, sat down and rapped along to a Kendrick verse. Why? Mm. And she's like, well, you don't, you can't rap to Kendrick. I mean, Kendrick is just that, like, he, he's so different and his, his vocal style is so unique. It's not really imitatable. So you can't really get off your, you can't get off your DMX kind of, you know, like that vibe. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to uh, pull, pull out my DMX. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Charlie loves that shit. So it's like, you can't. So what is an artist that you don't ever rap along to? And Kendrick is the one for me. I never rap along to Kendrick. Um. Uh, uh you know what? Actually, you know that's interesting. Uh, I feel like I feel like I have answers, but for different reasons. Um. Like I don't do it for I don't I don't rap along to like most of Wu uh, most of Wu Tang. Like, uh, for I don't know why I don't, mm. but like, yeah, apart point. from like good the point. apart from like, um, 
yeah, apart from like the popular stuff, you know, what I mean, like atomically, Socrates, like you, you have to do that that first verse, like that yes. expected deck verse, like you have to, right? But everything else, I just, I just don't, I just, I just, good point. I just listen, like yeah, I, I just good listen point. honestly. Like, um, Lupe is another one. I don't, I don't, I don't, yes. I don't like, I don't like. Good point. Go for Lupe, like um, uh, in terms of just like rapping to to it, like in, out out loud. Um, Except yeah, that's really, touch that's the really sky verse. Yeah, I'll okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, touch, touch the sky. You know, kick <clears throat> push. I guess, but like you know, apart from like the popular stuff, like I just listen most of the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really weird. Like this, I don't think there's a nice where I don't rap any of the any of them. Um, but like you know, apart from like popular tracks uh, for most artists, I just like I I usually do just like tune, not tune out, but like you know, just immerse. Um, in that kind mm. of in that kind of way, because um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of, that's kind of weird that you say that. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon. I don't, I don't, I never really thought about that because like, you know, I listen to like Dave Streatham and like uh, Screwface Capital and like, you know, he he's so um, he, the way he the way he raps is so like, uh, you know, just imitatable. Like I I feel like it's so not easy to follow in that way. It's not it's not like simplistic. It's not rudimentary, but it's just like. The flow is very simple, where you can like you know you could just you can just immerse yourself and like you can you can just go for it um, in the way you want to. But, but yeah, like past past those two tracks, like, I I rarely just like I just I just I just listen. Um, like it's actually a feature he has on uh, Avellino, uh, uh, Cassius Clay. Like I can I, I don't I don't rap to that. Like I don't, I don't act actively like say it to my that I, like you know I could speak it in my head in some way, but like, I don't actually like. Um, had to work like a king. Uh, uh, had to uh, eat like a king. Had to work like a slave. Like I, I don't really do that. That's weird. But um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's interesting. I've never, I've never yeah, ever right. thought of it like that. I've never actually thought of it like that. But um, yeah, there's there's plenty of artists that like, um, you know, other than like the earworm tracks, um, you know, Mob Deep, Shook One's Part Two, Survival of the Fittest. Um, you know, I mean, everyone's rapping to those, um, but. You know, a deep cut. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let them go on this one. Uh, I'm gonna let them go on this one. You know what I mean? It's just, so yeah, it's kind of. Um, I feel like that. I feel like I do that with loads of eyes. To be honest, like now I'm thinking about it, like Stevie Wonder, like just, um, yeah, Al Green. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just let, it, I just let them go, man. I just, I just let it wash over me. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting uh, conversation you put in there. Uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting because I didn't like when I had that revelation. Like, cause I was I was singing the weekend's part, and then I just didn't rap Kendrick's part, and I was just like listening to it, and I was like, well, why am I not? I don't ever rap along to Kendrick, and I know the words. Uh, you know, the only song we said that we probably do rap along to is "Humble." Uh, occasionally, I might yeah, crack yeah, out yeah, a bit a of "Bitch, be humble, sit down," because <laughs> it's you know. It's like, you, good. you have to at least go like. <laughs> you have to Yeah, I know. Like you know. So like you might give you might get that that off a little bit, but like every other artist, like I was thinking like yeah, I don't I don't really rap along to Wu Tang very much either. Yeah, I might I might do a bit of um might do a bit of uh backup. You know, like a bit of hype man stuff when mm. I'm listening to Supreme Clientele. You know, yeah. maybe just the last word, last couple of words, I'll I'll ring off just <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, just give Ghostface that backup. 
But I'm never, I'm never rapping along to RZA. I'm not rapping on top of RZA ever. I'm not rapping on top of, you know, what's really interesting is listening to Gorgeous with um, uh, Raekwon and Kanye, and I just yeah. let Raekwon rock in that fourth verse. Not I rap along to to Kanye all through Gorgeous, and then that fourth. Oh, I just verse, do Cuddy. Just I like, just do the hook for Cuddy. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah. all. I, that's all I do. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> Uh, uh. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Take it yeah, away yeah, from me. Right. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, random note. Did you see? Uh, it, it's so weird. Like, um, so Raekwon announced like Cuban links is uh, two's coming, and now um, Ghostface is gonna do another Supreme clientele. I find that's interesting. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I saw a thing about that. I'm not sure if it's like you know 100 percent factual, but like yeah, I saw like um. Go face is uh, planning to do another Supreme clientele. I'm just like, huh. It's interesting that they're both like doing like obviously their best album solos um, and doing like a sequel to them. I'm just wondering when uh, when Jizz is coming for the Liquid Swords too now. <laughs> yeah, but I we already got. I need some of that. We already got. You mean we already got Cuban Links too, right? Like we got. Oh, in sorry, three, three. Sorry, yeah, yeah, three. Three. Yeah, three. Okay, three. So I mean, a sequel to Liquid Supreme Swords. Clientele. Yeah. Okay. Liquid Swords 2 would be like... That was an anniversary the other day, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. 25th. Um, yeah, 25th. 25th anniversary. Actually, there was a... There was allegedly a Liquid Swords 2 that was meant to come out in fall 2010, but it didn't come. Oh. Well, there you go. Interesting. You that go. would be fucking insanity, man. When it, What was Jizz's last album? <sighs> Where's his discography know, here? Don't know, Pro Tools in 2008. Wow, okay. Bro, he. I thought Liquids. I always thought Liquid Swords was his debut, but he had an album, Words from the Genius, in '91. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did not know that. Did not know that. That's wild. Yeah. All yeah. right. Anyway. Anyway. All right, ladies and gentlemen, fun for Fifth Podcast Network. It's been Nick and Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Charles the Fifth. I've been Ben Carter. Fifth Numbers. Hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. Show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element. Hip-hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Records will be in the full show notes wherever you listen. This has been a fifth element podcast network and Hip-hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. I shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.